Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Hey, folks, and happy Wednesday. Happy hump day to each and every one of you, and welcome to the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, here as always with my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And before I forget, if you want to get hold of me, you can a couple different ways. Uh, My email is miller at millerfrostonline.com. I am not on Twitter. I am not on Gab. I will be back on Parlor once they come back up. My handle there is at Miller Frost. And I always forget to mention this. There's not a lot up there right now, but there is a site called Locals.com, and I am up there, and you can access my stuff at MillerFrostShow.Locals.com. I've only got one column up there, and I've got links to the last two podcasts, but I'm hoping to utilize that uh, more and more as, as the days go by. White Boy Malcolm X, thank you for stopping by. I guess it does truly take Italian beer <laughs> to get you over here, but... Hey, it's good to have you here on a on a Wednesday. I hope you're doing okay over there. I am I'm doing okay myself. I can't complain. I got a little bit of a head cold. I'll I'll whine and complain just for a bit. But hey, day cool for the win. It does dry me out a little bit, but uh, I do feel okay. I'm going to make it through. We've got a pretty good stack of stuff. I was I was worried there for a day or two cuz Monday and Tuesday are my my days to put uh just put the stories together, but I was like, oh, crap, there's not a lot out there. But I was able to find a motherload of good stuff for today's podcast. And I'm hoping it's not going to be an, an hour and a half. I don't have that many stories relative to I think we did 18 or 20 stories on on Sunday's show. So I'm hoping this is not nearly as, as long because I certainly don't have as many stories. And yes, White Boy Malcolm X, we do have Gay at the front and Smoking Gun at the back. And actually, we have two Smoking Gun stories in this pile. But one, it's okay. It's not It's not enough to wind up wrapping up a show with, right? So I'm like, okay, I, I won't throw it away, but I'll toss it in the middle of the pile. But the one at the end, I think, is worthy of the last story of the podcast. So let's go ahead and jump right in. And this article is from Queerty. And I will say before we jump in and I read the headline, you know, we like to um, we like to sometimes pick on high school teachers because they are the horniest, horniest group of people that I know of because they love banging high school boys. I don't know what the attraction is. I always say, folks, you never, ever, ever get a boy to do a man's job. But nobody listens to me, apparently, because... They just love banging those high school boys. But it's not just the women. I have to uh, criticize the men when it happens to them when they get the urge to bang a high school student as well, be it a boy or a girl. And so this, again, is from Queerty, so you know where this is going. And the only group that is as horny as a high school teacher is a member of the clergy in the Catholic Church. (laughs) So, God. 
And here's the headline. Christian leader busted on Grinder trying to hook up with teen. My, my, my. A New York-based Catholic deacon was recently arrested for trying to arrange sex with a 14-year-old he met on Grindr. And white boy Malcolm X, I didn't know you could be 14 years old and be on Grindr. I thought, not that I would know, but I thought you had to be like an adult to be on those sites. But I guess I'm wrong. These kids these days. Although, if we think back to what's-her-name, the English cougar who banged the 13-year-old, he lied to her and said uh, he was, what, 15 or 16 So I guess these kids are lying out there, trying to hook up. According to prosecutors, Roglio Vega, 50. This guy is 50 years old. He is slightly younger than I am, and he's after a 14-year-old boy on Grindr. Ugh. Of Maspeth, Queens. Was, in fact, chatting up an undercover detective posing as a teen. This defendant, by all outward appearances, is a church-going family man, said Queens DA Melinda Katz. Sadly, the real person under the sheep's clothing is an alleged sexual predator who sought out a teenage boy to fulfill his needs. Man, Roglio, you should have been a high school teacher. Vega was a deacon at St. Sebastian Roman Catholic Church and allegedly downloaded Grinder in July 2020 where he began communicating with the undercover officer he thought was a teenager. There he allegedly asked for explicit photos and sent several of himself. The chatting escalated until Vega, who is, get this white boy Malcolm X, married with four children at home, my God, pushed the teen to meet up in person for oral sex. They agreed to meet at a prearranged location on January 19th. Vega reportedly pulled up to the spot and flashed his headlights to signal he was there, at which time the detective entered the car and arrested him. Good. Vega was arraigned on one count each of attempted use of a child in a sexual performance. I don't even want to know what that is. Jesus. Attempted criminal sexual act, attempted disseminating indecent material to a minor, and attempted endangering the welfare of a child for which he faces up to seven years in prison. He was released on $50,000 bond. God. Now that, folks, that has got to be an awkward conversation with the wife. (laughs) Uh, Honey, I got something to tell you. Man, okay, enough of that. Creeper. Hey, folks, again, you never get a boy to do a man's job. Listen to me for once. This is from Pink News. I don't even know why I'm talking about this dumb chick. Here's the headline, Mary Trump. And everyone's like, who the hell is Mary Trump? She, folks, she is just, I don't know, she needs attention. (laughs) This chick is attention-starved, and she's trying to get it by trashing her Uncle Donald. Anyway, Mary Trump considering changing her name to cut ties with disgraced Uncle Donald. And if you think anyone in Mar-a-Lago gives a crap whether Mary Trump changes her name, you're wrong. Mary Trump said she is considering changing her surname to cut ties with her Uncle Donald Trump, and the negative reputation he has brought her family. Mary. Mary, nobody cares, dear. Just just do it already. God. The clinical psychologist, and if you ever had any question in your mind that psychologists and psychiatrists are the most screwed up people in the world, Mary Trump is right there to remind you they are, has long distanced herself from her relatives, in particular Donald Trump, who doesn't really care, whom she recently savaged in a damning tell-all memoir that he desperately tried to suppress. 
I am prepared to change my name if need be, she said in an interview to The Telegraph, adding that she feared the negative connotations attached with the surname could impact her future. She went on to reflect on her uncle's many emotional failings instilled in him by a father who refused to punish his selfishness, obstinacy, or cruelty and encouraged a killer instinct while discouraging qualities like kindness and empathy. As I was writing my book, I realized that I felt enormous amounts of compassion for those children, she said. They had a horrible childhood and suffered enormously. But do I feel compassion for my uncle now? No. And I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Bitter much, honey? God, your 15 minutes are over, Mary. They are done and over, and you come off like any other hysterical Trump hater at this point. Get off the damn stage already. Christ. She just doesn't know when to quit, white boy Malcolm X. Yep, 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 yep. This is from the Post Millennial, and here's the headline. UK University to Decolonize Curriculum remove Chaucer and other classics. The University of Leicester is planning to replace the poetry of Geoffrey Chaucer with instruction on critical race theory and sexuality. The English department has been told by the university administration that all canonical classics are going to be dropped and new modules put in their place, more in line with the students' expectations. (laughs) White Boy Malcolm X, I think they mean the woke students' expectations. They're probably going to be coloring books or something for those kids. I don't want to be triggered. So can I just get like a like a Snoopy coloring book so I can just do that all day? That would be, that'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> well, we know it's not going to be a Harry Potter book. <laughs> not with the woke students. They'll be like, that's transphobic. <laughs> Maybe they can get that, uh, oh God, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. What were those stupid books? Hunger Games. Well, man, that rolled off your tongue a little bit too quickly, sir. Yes. They could have Hunger Games books for them. Those little, uh, whatever they call them, those uh, tween books. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, specifically the administration mentioned that Canterbury Tales and Beowulf wouldn't be taught, as well as any other medieval literature. The aim of our proposals is to offer a suite of undergraduate degrees that provide modules which students expect of an English degree, university authorities told professors in a statement. Again, that's going to be a coloring book. A chronological literary history, a selection of modules on race, ethnicity, sexuality, and diversity, a decolonized curriculum, and new employability modules are among what's to take place of classic English literature. In fact, all works more than 500 years old will be completely taken off the syllabus. All you dead white guys out there, you are over. You are done. You're off the syllabus. As of this writing, the university has manifested that some Shakespeare will still be included in the curriculum. Uh Uh-oh. So a dead white guy did sneak in. There you go, folks. If you want to go to the University of Leicester, you can uh, be woke in their English department. So this is a Fox News story. I am what? Four, three, four four story in. And I already have to apologize to someone. I have to apologize to that pansy-ass pajama boy, Mayor Ted Wheeler. He is the mayor, folks, of Portland, Oregon, where he has just allowed them to just riot and burn for well over 100 days now without doing a damn thing about it. But apparently, White Boy Malcolm X, he has manned up. He has found his testicles because he, I just saw the article in passing today. I didn't print it out, but he like tear gassed someone or, or maced someone. <laughs> someone came and bothered him at a restaurant again. 
He let him get away with it the last time. He's like, guys, come on, just leave me alone. <laughs> this time he brought some mace and just got someone. So, damn, I can't believe he did that. Good for you, Ted. Good for you. Anyway, here's this headline. Disgraced ex-Portland mayor who lied about relationship with teen boy is returning to City Hall. So four stories in, and I've already got two where there are predators against teen boys. <laughs> and neither of them in- involve high school teachers. So, hey, things change. But no, folks, it is not Ted Wheeler who's diddling or trying to diddle a teen boy. It's some other guy. Sam Adams, the former mayor of Portland, Oregon. So not just a beer, folks. It's a pervert. It's an ephebophile. So there's Sam Adams, the brewer, and there's Sam Adams, the ephebophile. If you don't know what an ephebophile is, folks, that is a post-pubescent pedophile. So just think of a pedophile as someone who's into, like, children, like, prepubescent children and an ephebophile is someone who's into children but they are blossoming into young men or young women or young whatever gender they choose to pick at that point in time so sam adams the ephebophile the former mayor of portland oregon who was ensnared in a sex scandal while in office may return to serve in mayor ted wheeler's administration according to media reports it was unclear what role adams would take on And I hope it has nothing to do with the Department of Education. The potential hiring was first reported early this month by the Oregonian. Adams, 57, took office in 2009 after serving as the chief of staff for late Mayor Vera Katz for nearly three terms and serving on the city council. His tenure in office was marred by a scandal involving an alleged sexual relationship with a young man that started when he was a teenager. Prosecutors investigated claims that the relationship began before the man, Bo Breedlove. And yes, white boy, welcome next. Sam Adams. Sam Adams, the ephebophile, went for someone named Bo Breedlove. And there are 50 jokes in there, most of which are gay, but I'm not going to touch that one. Anyway, let's pick that back up. Began before the man, Bo Breedlove, turned 18, the newspaper reported. No charges were brought against Adams because, let's face it, it's Oregon, folks. They can do whatever they want. If they want to bang a 17-year-old boy, they're going to do it. Breedlove was, went by Macamax, Bo Breedlove, honest to God, folks, that sounds like a porn name. God. This kid sounds like a porn star, and he's only 17 or 18 years old. Breedlove was a Salem legislative intern when the first two met in 2005. Adams denied the relationship when the Wilmette Week first reported the allegations in 2007. He did not seek re-election after surviving two recall attempts. So apparently, white boy Malcolm X, apparently back before 2008, 2009, that was intolerable behavior in, in Portland. I mean, you can riot and burn all day now, folks, but if you diddled a 17-year-old or you were accused of it, they might try to recall you back in the day. After leaving City Hall, Adams worked for a nonprofit in Washington, D.C. that focuses on climate change issues. He left in 2017 after being accused of sexual harassment by a former mayor staffer. Adams denied the claim. So this guy, Sam Adams, Sam Adams the ephebophile, not Sam Adams the brewer, is a serial pervert. <laughs> Bo Breedlove. Good Lord. Here's another race story. Damn, this is from Free Beacon. University of Wisconsin publishes reading list on disrupting whiteness. Uh Uh-oh, white boy Malcolm X, I think that involves you and me. The University of Wisconsin's library system published a reading list for students on disrupting whiteness 
and white supremacy in libraries. Holy crap, White Boy Malcolm X. There is white supremacy lurking even, even in your local library, folks. <laughs> They'll find it anywhere. Trust me. They'll find it in the produce section at the Whole Foods. Among the suggested readings are Ibram X. Kendi's bestseller, How to Be an Anti-Racist, and Layla F. Saeed's Me and White Supremacy, as well as several books on decolonizing research and knowledge. And I just have to ask, folks, this is just a random question. Because every time I read a story about racist reading lists that they want the white folk to read, it always involves Ibram X. Kendi and Layla F. Saeed. And I'm just wondering, I'm going to pose this as a question. How much do you think they're paying to get their names on every one of these damn reading lists? God, every time I turn around, Ibram and Layla are there with their hawking their whitey sucks books. God, You two have got the racket down. The list created by the school's Gender and Women's Studies Library. So White Boy Malcolm X, the, I don't know, the Black Lives Matter group on campus didn't do this. The Gender and Women's Studies group is putting together a race list. (laughs) You women need to find something better to do with your time. Also includes a small subsection arguing in favor of critical librarianship, which asks librarians to analyze how they support systems of oppression. Man, damn racist librarians. One of the suggested readings claims that white people use the concept of cuteness to make whiteness appear harmless and universal. (laughs) He's such a cute white boy because he's a racist. Another argues that libraries should not be neutral or apolitical spaces. And folks, if you need to know what that looks like, you can imagine, say, I don't know, little Timmy goes up to the racist librarian. He's like, um... Do you have the last Harry Potter book? And she's probably like, no. She sounds like that because she's an angry lesbian. No, we don't have that book because that's transphobic, you little brat, you little transphobic little Nazi. Get out of here. <laughs> the kid runs off, whatever. Other subsections include health sciences librarianship, which argues for social justice in scholarly medical journals, and a section that blames libraries for pushing values such as individualism, competition, and pragmatism and utilitarianism supposedly aspects of white culture. Damn you, whitey. The University of Wisconsin's library has already committed to social justice, diversity, and equality in its staff and services. A university spokeswoman told the Washington Free Beacon that the university does not intend to change what books and resources are available through its library system, though anti-racist activists are trying to remove classic books from the classroom. So if they're not actually white boy Malcolm X, they're not going to pull any of these books out. I mean, if they're going to have the entire Harry Potter section, the Harry Potter collection right there. I mean, that to me is just, just a bunch of symbolism over substance. I mean, let's face it, folks. You cannot have a good book burning if you're not going to choose to burn any books. Man. University of Wisconsin. These folks are nuts. Ugh, God, I got to deal with this now. I almost opened the show with this, folks, but I thought, no, I gotta, I gotta work my way up to this. This is from Out, and you know, I had to. And if you listen to Sunday's podcast, you know this. I had to defend Prince Harry, and I cannot stand, folks, as you well know, if you listen to this podcast, I cannot stand that vapid, spoiled brat, dopey ginger. I just cannot stand that kid. I don't like his dumb wife, the one that thinks she can be president. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I whatever happens, then I just could care less. But but I was forced to defend Prince Harry because the poor guy, 
the stupid dopey ginger kid got got pulled into something because some weirdo at his at his wedding got arrested for something and his name's all over it and associated with it. and poor prince harry's probably like well, how the hell did i get involved in this you know and on sunday's podcast we had the brooke shields of kuwait and she beat and harassed her husband <laughs> and they had to get a restraining order and the chick's going to court over it and poor brooke shields got roped into that now i will defend brooke shields all day every day we love brooke shields on the miller frost show but i am forced to defend prince harry too and now I mean, you think it was bad enough that I had to stoop to defending that dopey ginger. How does this? I have to now, folks, I have to come onto this program on Wednesday, January 27th, 2021. And I have to defend Miley Cyrus, for God's sake. <laughs> I want to go to the roof and just throw myself off. God, how's this headline? How Miley Cyrus's preference remarks show underlying transphobia. So yes, folks, what we're dealing with is a bunch of humorless, angry transgenders who they're not getting their way on something. So they're throwing out transphobe. You're a transphobe. So let's find out about Miley Cyrus. And I got to stick up for this dumb chick. God, she is. You want to talk about vapid. I mean, she actually makes Prince Harry look intelligent. She makes a box of rocks look intelligent. I mean, I've heard her sing, folks. And I swear to God, I thought they were torturing cats. I almost called the ASPCA. That's how bad I think she's. She sings worse than I do. And trust me, you don't want to hear me sing. God, I could make paint peel when I sing. But she's worse than me. And I got to defend her now. God, man, oh man. I hope I get me some goody God points with this one. I better earn a couple. Miley Cyrus is making waves with new comments about her sexuality. In a new interview, she not only says she prefers women to men, but also attempts to explain why. And before I go any further in this article, folks, I'm just going to tell you, it's Miley Cyrus. She is not the classiest chick out there. And some of this language, I'm going to try to clean it up as best I can, but it's a little salty. It's not vulgar. It's not, I'm not dropping F-bombs or anything. Don't get me wrong. It is a published article and out, but... Um, if you don't want to hear it, I would just skip ahead about five minutes. I'll get done my rant then, and then we'll move on to the next story. If you hear me talking about um, Bigfoot, you'll know it's we're on to the next next story. God, I got to deal with Bigfoot after my Cyrus. <laughs> this podcast is a mess. Anyway, let's pick back up. You've been warned. Girls are way hotter. We know this. The 28-year-old bisexual said, and if, folks, if you don't know what bisexual is, as I always say, they will do anyone. So she will do anyone, apparently, but she prefers the women. She said in an interview with Sirius XM's Barstool Radio, everyone I think can agree that from ancient times, penises, I'll just say penises, she says another word, and I would just think, um, I would think Dick Clark, and drop the last name, makes wonderful sculptures. Other than that, I'm not as interested. I like penises as art pieces. And sculptural, I love the shape. I think it looks really good on a table. <laughs> Can you see white boy Malcolm X? Miley Cyrus, the bisexual who will do anyone apparently, but she prefers the chicks with a, a penis sculpture on her table. The singer continued, it's good if it can just get in and go away <laughs> because I don't want it eyeing me up. And I warned you folks to jump ahead to Bigfoot if you didn't want to hear this. That's how I truly feel. I feel really good about saying that. I bet you do. I bet your father is super proud of you. She dug in even deeper, adding, everyone knows that tits are prettier than balls. I don't know if everyone knows that, but that's what ended up making female relationships make more sense to me. 
And um, this this next part is from the author of this piece, May Rude, M-E-Y, May Rude. I wish I could say this news makes me excited and proud to be a woman and a lesbian. So May Rude is apparently, folks, a lesbian and a woman. But Cyrus's quote is littered with <gasps> transphobia. Can you believe that, white boy Malcolm X? Miley Cyrus says that she likes penises as art pieces and sculptures and a lovely decorative design on her coffee table. <laughs> and she thinks that breasts are prettier than, than balls and testicles. But apparently that is, is transphobic. So let's find out why May Rude thinks that her statement there is littered with transphobia. This kind of gender essentialism was left behind by most of the queer community years ago. Genitals do not equal gender, and Miley should know this. Well, that was... I don't even know where to begin with this. Okay, I will give it an attempt. First off, May, um, I disagree with you that this kind of gender essentialism was left behind by most of the queer community years ago. I think you have a, a fairly large contingent of the lesbian population out there who is pushing back against this. And I think you've got a growing number of gay men out there as well who are also pushing back about the fact that um, if you have a penis and a scrotum, that you can also walk around going, I'm a woman, I'm a woman. <laughs> and so, no, I think I think that, um, I think you're wrong there. I, I think that people are getting kind of tired of being lectured to about gender is whatever the hell you want it to be on any given basis. We've been talking about how there are eight gender choices out there now. You can be whatever the hell you want to be, and you can rotate it at will, and everyone is supposed to just genuflect and go, okay, if you want to be a woman today, and you want to be a man tomorrow, and you want to be whatever to the next day, okay, we'll try to keep up. <laughs> and uh, white boy Malcolm X, do you remember, God, do you remember the good old days when genitals actually did equal gender? <laughs> remember when you can like I don't know. Any time in the last, say, within the last 20 years, I could look at someone and say, they have a vagina and the breasts. I, they are a woman, right? And I could look at a man and go, well, look at that stud, <laughs> that strapping stud in that Speedo. And there's definitely, there's definitely something between his legs, and that is a man, right? You can't do that anymore. <laughs> you kind of can mostly guess, but you kind of have to also recognize the fact that they might come back to you and say, no, just because I'm in a Speedo and I have a very handsome penis? No, I'm actually a woman. I identify as a woman. You're supposed to go salute and go, okay, yes, yes, ma'am. We will do that. Because so many people like Miley believe that genitals determine gender, trans women and girls are often considered to be men in public spaces. Trans women are kicked out of women's restrooms, locker rooms, and school sports. Not so much anymore, thanks to Joe Biden not allowed in women's shelters, put in prison with men, and murdered all because they have male genitalia. I don't think Miley meant to traffic in turf talking points, so there's the name calling again, but the fact is she did, and she should know better. Bad Miley. The trans community is pissed at you. The stakes are too high for someone with as big a spotlight as her to be accidentally spreading this sort of rhetoric. Miley, I love you, but I'm going to need you to make this right <laughs> Uh, that is all I can read of that before I literally throw myself off the roof. I tell you what, though, it is, 
It is insane. It really is to me. Now, I know I'm an old fuddy-duddy. I am 51, and I remember, like I said earlier, I remember a day and a time when you could look at a man and look at a woman and go, that's a man and that's a woman, or look at a girl, look at a boy, and, and do the same thing. That's a little girl. That's a little boy. That's a high school boy, and I can tell he's teacher bait. <laughs> but you can't do that anymore, and you're not allowed to do that anymore because you can't just assume anymore because, folks, one half of 1% of the population is dictating to the rest of us the definition of gender. And if you don't succumb, if you don't gender flect to what they want, one half of 1% of the population, they're going to call you a turf if you're a woman, and they're going to call you a transphobe if you're, I don't know, any of the other seven genders. <laughs> and they may call you a transphobe and a turf if you're a, a woman. And I don't think, I don't think they've learned the lesson watching the race hustlers, because like I said, I'm 51 years old. I remember as a teenager when Jesse Jackson was just some crappy second-rate race hustler out of Chicago. And Al Sharpton, God, he was still a hot train wreck running around blaming Jews for all sorts of crazy and causing trouble in New York. And they, before they became, well, at least Jesse Jackson became a multimillionaire hustling that race stuff. But they ran around for decades, and they still do it, right? That's what BLM is, just running around calling white people racist every time they don't get their way. And now we've got the transgender community going, you're a transphobe, you're a turf. And what they don't understand now is that, you know, you can call people racist now. They just roll their eyes at you. <laughs> you know, BLM's out there, racist, racist, racist. Everyone's like, oh, crap, here they go again, this tune. We've been putting up with this crap for decades and decades and decades. And and uh, now, that, now that we're going to have to deal with you're a transfab. Whatever. Keep calling the names, folks. And like I said on Sunday's podcast, they can run around and call a woman a turf all day long. But if someone goes, the stupid trannies, they think their heads explode. They're the only people that can call names. So, Miley, hang in there, dear. I wouldn't say I'm your greatest fan, but in this case, hang in there. I got your back. Jesus Christmas. These transgenders. Like a bunch of Freaking spoiled babies. Okay, on to Bigfoot. <laughs> I said my piece, but I tell you what, I'm going to have to get back on that soapbox again because this stuff is just not going to stop. They're going to just keep going after people. They're... Okay, this is from ABC 13 Eyewitness News out of Houston, Texas, and here is the headline. Oklahoma State Representative Files Bill to Create Bigfoot Hunting Season. And I'd like to know, the first question I have to ask is, you folks in Oklahoma... What drugs are you people? God. Let's hunt Bigfoot. In Oklahoma State Representative. I am calming down. I know. Sorry, folks. White boy Michael Max is like, calm down. I'm like, I'm I'm trying. I am. I'm trying, white boy Malcolm X, I promise. Okay, anyway, let's pick this back up. An Oklahoma State Representative has filed a bill calling for the creation of a Bigfoot hunting season. Representative Justin Humphrey filed House Bill 1648 on Wednesday, which would draft rules, dates, hunting licenses, and fees to catch the elusive creatures, according to KOCO-TV. The Southeast Oklahoma Lawmakers Bill calls for the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Commission to begin the process, but didn't provide any other direction or specifics. Humphrey said his intent is to bring more tourism to the state. And Representative Humphrey, I don't know if you want that kind of tourism. Because <laughs> I can only imagine what is going to roll into Oklahoma with shotguns and pickup trucks looking for Bigfoot. 
everyone from Texas and Alabama and Louisiana and uh, Tennessee and Arkansas and God knows what other southern states. Establishing an actual hunting season and issuing licenses for people who want to hunt Bigfoot will just draw more people to our already beautiful part of the state, he said in a statement. Officials with agency that would be tasked with establishing the season were not so sure about the proposal. We use science-driven research, and we don't recognize Bigfoot in the state of Oklahoma. Mika Holmes of the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation told KOCO-TV. And if you don't know what Bigfoot is, because you're some dopey millennial who lives in his mother's basement, and you play video games all day, and there's not a Bigfoot video game, How's this? Bigfoot or Sasquatch is an ape-like creature covered in hair that walks on two legs, though most claims of its existence have turned out to be hoaxes. Although I did, folks, I did see it on the Bionic Man back in, I think, the 70s or 80s. God, remember that white boy, Mac Max? You ever watched, you ever watched The Six Million Dollar Man? You don't remember? God, I love that show. That was great. He was only six million dollars. Put that man back together. And I think he, I think it was him or Wonder Woman, one of those shows, Back when I was a kid, I know it was not the A-Team. The A-Team did not hunt Bigfoot, but I think it was the $6 million man. And I sort of looked it up before the show, but oh well. Anyway, picking back up, it has been spotted by people for hundreds of years, according to the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, a group of scientists that looks into reported sightings. So apparently there is a group of scientists who is science-driven because they have their own organization dedicated to finding Bigfoot. The creature is believed by some to inhabit North American forests and has been big business for Humphreys District, which includes Broken Bow, a town of approximately 4,100 nestled near the heavily forested Kiamichi Mountains. The most common Bigfoot sightings happen after the sun has set, and no doubt a six-pack of tall board PBRs has been consumed, and Bigfoot field investigators use nutty bars and marbles to draw him in, a public relations firm wrote in 2019. Okay, let's wrap this crap up. Humphrey told KOCO-TV that he doesn't intend for people to kill Bigfoot. Instead, he wants to offer a bounty of $25,000 to anyone who catches one. (laughs) And the only other thing I'm going to add is, you people in Oklahoma, that is so dumb. The people in Florida, the people in Florida are laughing at you over this. (laughs) Because Florida, folks, now we report on Florida a lot, and they are a hot dumpster fire of a state. We love them here on the Middle Frost Show, don't get me wrong. I love my Florida folks, but as crazy as they are, they would never put into effect Bigfoot hunting season. Here is the first of two smoking gun stories, and here's the headline on this. Cops, ambulance thief caught at Texas drive-thru. So we went from Oklahoma where they want to hunt Bigfoot. They want you to capture Bigfoot, and they'll give you 25K if you can capture Bigfoot. Now we're down to Texas, where they're stealing ambulances. While paramedics were on a call, a Texas man last night jumped into an ambulance and drove the vehicle, with its lights flashing, to a jack-in-the-box, where he ordered food at the drive through lane cop set. Well, at least it's not a white castle. According to Houston police, Ronaldo Leonard, 36, was charged Thursday with felony theft in connection with the ambulance heist. And you folks already know what I'm going to say. If Ronaldo Leonard had stolen this thing in Florida, if he had taken that puppy for a joyride in Florida to the the -the jack-in-the-box, assuming they have them in Florida, it would just be a misdemeanor, not a felony. The stolen vehicle, valued in excess of $150,000, 
was tracked to a jack-in-the-box where Leonard was at the drive-up ordering food with emergency lights, cop noted. The restaurant is more than four miles from where the Houston Fire Department ambulance was stolen. In light of Leonard's prior criminal record, prosecutors have asked a judge to deny him bail. According to court records, Leonard's rap sheet, listen to this white boy Malcolm X, includes separate felony convictions, multiple felonies, white boy Malcolm X, for PCP possession, robbery, and cocaine possession. Damn, you don't mess with Texas. <laughs> you have PCP, that's a felony in Texas. Folks, that doesn't even get you a day of probation in the state of Florida. God. Poor, poor Ronaldo Leonard. Man, he's going to do some time for that. Cocaine possession's a felony too. Stay away from the white stuff. This is from Pink News. I don't even know if I want to do this story right by Michael Max. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> Twist my arm. It does involve OnlyFans. Look, for Christmas sake, people, get off of OnlyFans. You people are sick. <laughs> Here's the headline. Mum of gay OnlyFans star gushes with pride over her son's success. I made that D! Exclamation point. I want a percentage. <laughs> and folks, if you don't know what D is, remember back to the Miley Cyrus <laughs> story. When poor Miley Cyrus was expressing that when she likes women, she likes women to have women's hardware. <laughs> and she's a turf and a transphobe for it. But she did have a little conversation piece around uh, ceramic penises or what have you on you know the coffee table. It's a beautiful piece of art, but that's kind of what the D is. It's just another version of that. Think, uh, think Dick Clark without the last name. And that's the mom, folks. You can tell what a classy family this is. Your mother stumbling on your explicit OnlyFans might be the stuff of nightmares for most. Well, I don't have to worry about Mama Frost doing that because my 51-year-old ass is not on OnlyFans. <laughs> no one would pay me anyway. I have such gay low self-esteem. But one user found his mom is a massive fan of his page in the biggest plot twist in recorded human history. Yes, the biggest no, we're not exaggerating. White boy Malcolm X, I hope as I read this article, this has nothing to do with incest because I'm going to throw up right here on my desk. If mom, mom gets off on watching her son, UK-based OnlyFans star Cameron Cook, 19, otherwise known as Jack the Lad. <laughs> God. White boy Malcolm X, look at this stupid twink. I know. I, it's like he's 12. Folks, the only way I can describe Jack the Lad or Cameron Cook is he's perfect teacher bait. I mean, he really is perfect teacher bait. I mean, he's just like, he looks like this hairless little 12-year-old boy. God. Ugh, that is creepy. Took to TikTok. So this dopey kid, Cameron Cook, Jack the Lad, is not only on OnlyFans selling himself, he is on TikTok. So, you know, I just want to slap him in the face. To put trolls in their place after a user questioned whether his mum is proud of his accountant job. A reference to a viral trend of OnlyFans stars pretending to be accountants rather than explaining what they really do. So White Boy Malcolm X, so if you are on OnlyFans and you are showing off your junk and before your mother catches it and you what they do is they call themselves accountants. You talk about your accounting job if that's what you do. That's code. I wonder, White Boy Malcolm X, if Daniel Newsom I wonder if that's what he describes himself as, as, as an accountant. And folks, if you don't know who Daniel Newsom is, that is that uh, that ginger queen that was on Walking Dead. They killed him off because he's a B-rate character. But 
he's not a bad looking man. Don't get me wrong. I've not been to his OnlyFans site. I'm not paying to look at him. But, um, yeah, I get. I wonder if he does call himself an accountant. Who knows? In the video, Cook, whose OnlyFans has nearly 48,000 likes, goes to ask his mother about what she thinks of his job as she sat on the couch in the living room. Are you proud of me, he asks. Of course I'm proud, she replies. I'm your number one fan. I made that D I want a percentage. <laughs> so I gotta read that crap again. The pair then gush over what Cook's earnings have gotten them, from driving lessons to a large flat screen television. And I have your support, Cook adds. It's a free world. Free Willy, his mum triumphantly croons. Cook's mother certainly isn't the first parent to find her child's only fan account only to bring the pom-poms out for them. Orlando, Florida-based... Okay, now we're in Florida. OnlyFans user Chris was stunned when his mum sent a slew of frantic text messages to him after her co-worker Jamie outed him for having an account. So this kid's getting texts from his mom because her co-worker is perving on her son. Sending him a text with his full name, a surefire way for any parent to cause their child to shudder with fear, she interrogated Chris about why he was sharing explicit photographs of himself online. After Chris clarified why he uses the platform and asked why she doesn't phone him to talk about it, instead she hit back, you can go ahead and call me if you like and try to explain it, but I honestly don't care. I was just pretending to care because Miss Jamie was still in my office. Chase the bag, boo. <laughs> Man, oh man, my mother, Mama Frost, would reach through the phone and choke me to death if I did anything like that. But I guess that is the new parent-child relationship these days. Anyway, I, I don't know what to say about that. You go, Twinkie. You go, uh, what's that dopey kid's name again? I already forgot. Jack the Lad. <laughs> and Mom's checking him out, too. Ugh. This is from The Hill. Capital Rioter claims he was duped by Trump, lawyer says. I don't even know why I'm talking about that stupid uh, thing that happened on the 6th, but we're going to do it anyway. The attorney for Anthony Chansley, the so-called QAnon shaman who made rounds on social media for his outlandish outfit during the Capitol riot, is blaming former President Trump for his client's involvement. And before I even continue, White Boy Malcolm X, here is actually the QAnon shaman. What do you think of him? So, not bad. And you wouldn't kick him out of bed, but you wouldn't leave crackers. Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, you know, when I always say you never get a boy to do a man's job, he kind of looks like a man, right? I don't know. I don't know if I want a QAnon weirdo in my bed, but that's a man, right? He, that is a man for you. That is not Jack the Lad, some hairless twink. He regrets, but he's blaming, he's a he's a wimp because he's like, he can't take responsibility like a man. He's acting like a little child. Well, well, well Donald Trump made me do it. He regrets very, very much having not just been duped by the president, but by being in a position where he allowed that duping to put him in a position to make decisions he should not have made. Al Watkins, a lawyer for Chansley, told Missouri's NBC-affiliated television station KSDK. Chansley, also known as Jake and Jelly, he has a second name, White Boy Malcolm X. I wonder if that's his porn name. <laughs> we can see him on OnlyFans. Was arrested on January 9th for his role in the riot. At the time, Chansley told NBC News he saw nothing wrong with his actions. 
The attorney is blaming Trump's months of election fraud conspiracy theories for the riot and his client's actions. Let's roll the tape. Let's roll the months of lies and misrepresentations and horrific innuendo and hyperbolic speech by our president designed to inflame, enrage, motivate Watkins told KSDK. What's really curious is the reality that our president, who folks is no longer our president, as a matter of public record, invited these individuals as president to walk down to the Capitol with him. Chainsley went viral after the riot for wearing horns and fur and carrying an American flag and looking, I guess, a little bit like a stud, but like I said, he's a QAnon weirdo stud. He is said to have left a threatening note for former Vice President Mike Pence. There you go. Typical lawyer blaming someone else because the QAnon weirdo, the shaman, can't take responsibility for his own actions. Maybe he and... Uh, What's her name? That dopey chick. Mary Trump. Maybe those two can sing a duet about how Trump sucks. Here's another race story, and this one is from Campus Reform. Loyola asked each academic unit to teach identity and privilege. So we are going to Chicago, and this is, I think, White Boy Malcolm X, our third story out of Illinois that is race-based. I don't know what they're doing in Illinois, but they are obsessed with with race, and they are obsessed now at Loyola University in Chicago. So let's find out more about what's going on there. Loyola University Chicago has announced plans to have every academic department perform a racial justice examine in which those departments will evaluate and reflect on how they are doing when it comes to racial justice. And I know who's going to get the easy A on that, the Racial Studies Department. According to the Loyola University Division of Academic Affairs, the racial justice examine is part of a broader plan to create a safe, respectful, and inclusive environment for students, staff, and faculty of color. The university will create this environment by reviewing campus procedures, harassing white people until they quit the school. <laughs> That's just something I added in, folks. And providing diversity training to help students, staff, and faculty identify and interrupt bias and learn about identity and privilege on campus. And that reminds me, white boy Malcolm X, we had that story about the violence interrupter in Washington, D.C. And that was an amusing story because the violence interrupter was arrested for murder. So we can have bias interrupters on the Loyola University campus. And I hope they don't commit bias <laughs> like that guy committed a murder. They could be running around going, we're not going to do that. We're going to interrupt that bias. To accomplish this, the university will move in three phases. In summer 2020, that's already happened, folks, the university focused on examining the current diversification and equality efforts in every academic department. From fall 2020 through fall 2021, the university will have every academic unit undergo a racial justice examine, asking each to perform a deep reflection of current practices around race and racial justice. Goodness. The last phase will focus on creating solutions for racial justice to address the identified problems, which is planned to be completed by the end of 2021. I already know what the answer is. Um, there are too many white people on campus. Gotta throw them off. These goals were developed by the university's Anti-Racism Initiative Working Group with the goal of bringing students, staff, and faculty together to address issues raised by our community. Maybe they're going to sell Ibram X. Kendi's book. Maybe they can hawk that book there too and get that guy some more money. In addition, the university will conduct a faculty climate survey and an institute survey with the goal of helping the strategic planning process surrounding their anti-racism initiatives. 
That sounds exhausting, white boy Malcolm X. But you know what? You know what they need on that campus to help them with this? You can never have too many of these folks. They need white boy Malcolm X. They need queens with clipboards. Yes, yes, queens. Queens with clipboards come in very handy all the time because we use them, folks, here on the Miller Frost Show to show how they can fight fight discrimination. We, we had queens with clipboards on Sunday with that stupid golfer that uttered the word faggot. Queens with clipboards came in and helped save the day there. And queens with clipboards also helped with the, um, with the transgender quotas in movies. <laughs> and they can, um, you know, they can go to all these academic uh, departments and they can, with their clipboards, and they can like pop in, like they go to the accounting department and go, okay, folks, let's, let's review numbers here because we, we've had some issues where expecting people to think that two plus two is four is racist, so we're not going to do that anymore. And we're not going to balance the ledgers anymore because that can be seen as racist to expect people's books to balance. And so we're going to, I don't know, we're just going to have to look at things here and we're just going to have to clean it up because I'm just, I'm very unhappy and I'm looking out here and they're just, oh, there are too many white people here. Just, oh, too many white men. Any of you, like, um, maybe you identify as Latinx or black? Anyone? Anyone? No? Are any of you questioning? Are you questioning? Are you bisexual? You know, bisexuals will do anyone. Are you transsexual? Is it, do I have any diversity here? No? no? Nah. Yeah, we're going to have to change things. Sorry, folks. We'll be back. We'll be back with lots of pink slits. Okay, bye. <laughs> there you go, folks. More nutty college campus stuff for you. Speaking of OnlyFans, because for Christmas sake, I guess I can't get away from OnlyFans. Good God. Good God. Anyway, here, this is a New York Post article, and here's this headline, Special Ed Teacher. And before, before I keep reading, folks, don't worry. No students are getting banged in this, in this story. Special Ed Teacher turns top OnlyFans sex star. I'm changing lives. She's making the internet hot for teacher. And if you ask me, folks, that is the very, very last thing we need <laughs> is making the internet hot for teacher. The last thing a 16, 17-year-old boy needs is to be incentivized to think of teacher as a sex object because then he will allow her to blow him and then she will wind up looking at 30 years in an Arkansas state jail. <laughs> so stop it out there, teachers. Former special needs teacher Courtney Tillia has replaced the puny paycheck she made in front of the chalkboard with a staggering six-figure income snapping sexy shots on OnlyFans. I make four times the annual income I make as a teacher, the Arizona native 33, told the post of her avant-garde career change. I've been making even more money during the pandemic because people are just stuck at home wanting to enjoy my content. I bet they do. Except, folks, those pajama boys at Twitter who like to retweet child porn to each other. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the Sunday podcast. But outside opposing in lusty lingerie pictures and naughty girl nudes for her 200,000 online admirers, Tilia is a wife and mother of four just trying to make ends meet. Back when I was a teacher, my family really struggled financially, said Tilia, who now lives in Los Angeles, California. OnlyFans allows me financial freedom. I can provide everything my family needs and more. And yes, we know that because what's his name with this stupid story? Jack the Lad has provided uh, driving lessons and a big TV and enjoyment of his mother, for his mother, to watch his penis. <laughs> yes, we know about the financial freedom part. 
Although cash happy now, Tilly has transitioned from molding minds in the classroom to blowing minds with her bodacious body. Didn't happen overnight. I've been teaching special needs students at an alternative school in Phoenix for six years, said Tilia, who holds a master's degree in special education. I suddenly found myself in a really dark place, she added. I was beginning to hate my job, and that darkness began to spill over into other areas of my life. After tendering her resignation with the school in 2016, Tilia, with support from her husband Nick, pursued a career in bodybuilding and fitness modeling. But that unshakable darkness she felt persisted. Heavens no. It wasn't until a chance meeting with a boudoir photographer that the fire in Tilia's soul was reignited. Yay! He asked if I wanted to take lingerie or nude shots, Tilia told the Post. At first, I was nervous. Do you believe that, white boy? <laughs> I don't either. But once we started, I felt so liberated and free, I finally felt like myself again. So the unshakable darkness was shaken by nudie pics. An OnlyFans superstar was born. Tilia, going into her third year as an internet exhibitionist, is finding herself back at the teacher's podium. Only this time, the OnlyFans model is teaching women worldwide that there is no shame in expressing their sexuality, whether they're earning a living online or standing online at the supermarket. She now also runs a life coaching brand that focuses on female empowerment. God, white boy, this is, I think, what's the second or third chick we've read about who's on OnlyFans, who's a life coach. <laughs> Must be the things to do. Is every woman in the U.S. going to wind up in, uh, in OnlyFans or on OnlyFans on the platform? Selling pictures of their naked booties. <laughs> I'm also a life coach. Okay. <laughs> People just need to quit. Good God. You know, though, White Boy Malcolm X, I'll tell you what's going to be the next um, mental health issue for children. <laughs> Is all these kids with mothers who are, you know, selling themselves on OnlyFans. <laughs> They're all going to be in therapy in about 10, 15, 20 years <laughs> My mama, she's, she's on OnlyFans, and, and everyone on my friends I know what her booty looks like, and her titties look like, and, and they make fun of me. Okay, enough with OnlyFans. I don't think we have any more OnlyFans stories. Good. I hope not. Probably not till, uh till Sunday show. You know, White Boy Macamax, we are almost done. We got um, three stories left, and this one is from USA Today, and we are victims yet again, White Boy Malcolm X. Here's the headline. Many are more comfortable in their bodies during the pandemic. For some LGBTQ people, it's the opposite. For most people, beauty and grooming regimens have changed drastically during the pandemic, but for some members of the LGBTQ community, and particularly transgender people who are already put upon because Miley Cyrus is apparently a transphobe and a turf, makeup-free and natural hair trends have at times felt less freeing and more restrictive. Heavens no. I hadn't even realized how important it was to me that my hair looked a certain way until I couldn't go to get it cut for a really long time, Evan Greer, who is transgender and non-binary, says. Folks, you don't know what non-binary is. It's those people with the funky pronouns. Kate Mason, an assistant professor of sociology and women and gender studies at Wheaton College. <laughs> you imagine white boy Malcolm X, what, what load of fun she is at a cocktail party. I, I'm an assistant professor of sociology and women and gender studies. Ah! She adds, I know for a lot of people who are masculine presenting lesbians. Good God. Man, I didn't think you could say that, folks. 
a masculine presenting lesbian. And if you don't know what that looks like, I don't, I'm going to joke Melissa Etheridge, but I, no, I love Melissa Etheridge. I love her music, even to this day. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what a masculine, well, I guess they have lipstick lesbian. So I guess if you're thinking the flannel shirt lesbian, that would be a masculine presenting lesbian. But I don't, I can't, um, no, Ellen is not. She's more of a lipstick lesbian. I, well, I, although relative to Portia de Rossi, whatever her name is, I think she would be the masculine uh, masculine lesbian. I was thinking more like um, Rosie O'Donnell. That is a masculine presenting <laughs> lesbian. That chick looks like a linebacker even at her age. But anyway, picking back up, I know for a lot of people who are masculine presenting lesbians or people who are non-binary or trans-masculine, Early on in the pandemic, a lot of people were really panicked about their inability to get a haircut. Really? Hmm. Lesbians are worried about getting a haircut. I figured they would do like the Lesbian 7 cut wipe by Malcolm X. You know, if you're like, Miller, what the hell is a Lesbian 7 haircut? Folks, that is where you got business on top and a party in the back. <laughs> so you know it if you see it. Look at uh, Miley Cyrus's father, Billy Ray Cyrus, back in, I don't know, when, the, when was he a big star? 90s? He had like a Lesbian 7 cut. <laughs> The only people I can think of who really panicked about an inability to get a haircut are queens like White Boy Malcolm X. Because you were, you were beside yourself, sir. You were like, I, I can't get my haircut. Yes, that's my impression of you. Well, if you come on the damn show. Some members of the LGBTQ community already grapple with gender dysphoria, psychological distress between someone's birth and gender identity, and appearances can make a difference. Man, oh man, speaking of vain queens, in the queer community, gender presentation is a little bit different, which is to say it's driven less by dominant social norms for femininity and more by how can I present myself in a way that telegraphs my gender identity or sexual orientation or both, Mason says. For organizational consultant Van Bailey, his inability to express his gender has been jarring. He is transmasculine and queer. Now, folks, I have no idea what transmasculine what that even looks like. Part of my ways to combat dysphoria is the ability to have control of my body, Bailey37 says. What that means for me is the ability to go out in the world and dress how I want to dress, or in a, even in a sense, create space for myself. There's a balance between feeling the need to present a certain way, several members of the LGBTQ community told USA Today, and finding comfort in not putting forth as much styling effort. On the one hand, there are some people who might be experiencing this as a chance to relax and feel more comfortable in their bodies. But for some other people, lack of access to different types of stylists can cause a lot of discomfort, Mason says. <laughs> and they complain about gay men being high-maintenance. Man, oh man, they're all high-maintenance. <laughs> Lesbians are high-maintenance, they can't get a haircut. The transgenders are, well, we know they're high-maintenance. <laughs> it's transphobic if you don't let us get our hair cut. <laughs> You know, I guess I'm proud-ish to say I'm kind of a bum. I've been like, hey, I'm just going to, whatever. I'm going to put sweatpants on and, you know, not shave for a couple days and then let the hair grow out. I'm like, screw it. I don't care. I'm just kind of a bum. There you go, folks. Everyone in the LGBTQ community is besides themselves that they can't get good styles <laughs> during the COVID pandemic. This is our second to last story. It's actually a good smoking gun story, but it is not from the smoking gun. It is from the Associated Press. And here's this headline. Florida man who was naked stole crash police car report. So, yes, folks, a naked man in Florida 
stole a police car, did not steal an ambulance and go to the Jack in the Box. He just stole a police car and crashed that sucker right into whatever. We'll find out here soon. Let's dig in. A naked Florida man saw what news footage showed to be a marked police car and crashed it in a wooded area, officials said. Joshua Schenker, 22. <laughs> man, white boy Magamax, look at this twink. Hmm. I know, it's another one. You thought Jack the Lad looked like Teacher Bait. Look at this. Well, he doesn't look like Teacher Bait. He's not a cute. He's like, kind of looks like a meth junkie. Probably <laughs> shouldn't say that, but the guy looks kind of tweaked out. He's naked and stealing police cars. That might be the case, but let's find out. Joshua Schenker, 22, who, folks, kind of looks like a drug-addled Jack the Lad, a very rough version of Jack the Lad, but I hope his mother's not looking at his pee-pee, was arrested after Thursday's crash on charges including theft of a motor vehicle, aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer, depriving an officer of means of communication or protection, and resisting an officer without violence, according to a Jacksonville Sheriff's Office report. And don't worry, folks, in Florida, these are all easily misdemeanors. Done. He'll be out in maybe three weeks community service. Officers responded to reports of a naked man who, again, folks, looks like a a disheveled, drug-addled Jack the Lad running along Interstate 10 in western Jacksonville shortly before noon Thursday. So this little whatever kid (laughs) naked on the highway. Schenker was lying in the roadway when an officer stopped on the opposite side of the route, the report said. Schenker then ran across the highway lanes towards the officer, officials said. The redacted report didn't say how Schenker stole the vehicle. He's run at the officer naked. The officer's like, ah, I don't want to deal with that little junkie. Authorities confirmed only that a vehicle belonging to the city of Jacksonville was stolen. First Coast News footage of the scene showed the crashed vehicle to be a marked police car. Officials noticed Schenker had road rash after the crash, and I don't even want to know, White Boy Malcolm X, how that little creep got that, and he was taken to a hospital to be checked out, authorities said. Schenker was being held on $4,011 bail, which is $11 more than Six Carter got from his GoFundMe site. And if you don't know who Six Carter is, you really should listen to my podcast, folks, because they all build on each other. <laughs> Over that, Joshua Schenker, you are in a little bit of trouble there, sir. Road rash included. Here we go, folks. Our final, our final story, and this is from The Smoking Gun as Promised, and here is the headline. Couple charged for sex in glass gondola. A South Carolina couple. (laughs) Yes, folks, we have now ended two two podcasts with smoking gun stories out of South Carolina. And those are my peeps. I am from South Carolina, but these folks embarrass the hell out of me. A South Carolina couple is facing indecent exposure charges after allegedly filming themselves engaging in sex acts inside a glass gondola on the Myrtle Beach Skywheel Record Show. And what did I just say about Myrtle Beach on Sunday's podcast? That place is a dump. God. Who would go there and who the hell would live there? I have not wiped by Michael Max. I have not been to Myrtle Beach since I was in high school. And that had to have been, I think, in like 85 or 86. I graduated in 87, folks. But I mean, I, we went in high school and that's the only time I have been to Myrtle Beach. I haven't been back. People in South Carolina, they got down to like Charleston, that area, you got like Isle of Palms down there, you got all these other areas, you got Hilton Head, Beaufort, you got all sorts of different beaches down there and nice fancy islands, but you know, Myrtle Beach is like, the tourists go there, but man, oh man, guess someone has to live there and deal with everyone else. Police allege that Lori Harmon and her husband Eric, both 36, were within the view of the public earlier this month 
when Lori exposed her breasts and performed oral sex on her spouse, whose penis was exposed. Hmm. I wonder, white boy Malcolm X, if Lori is a high school teacher. <laughs> the explicit activity was recorded and uploaded to an adult website. I hope not only fans, where it was viewed by Myrtle Beach Police Department officers. And I bet they watched that a couple times if I know my folks in Myrtle Beach like I think I do. Man, oh man. Well, you know it wasn't child porn because that's only on Twitter. An arrest warrant does not identify the website or reveal how investigators discovered the clip. That's no fun. Other videos show the Harmons engaged in sex acts in a community pool and at a Myrtle Beach resort. White boy Malcolm X. Apparently they do this a lot, but here, <laughs> these two dopes. Would you? I wouldn't do either of them, and I wouldn't want to watch that either. This is one of these chicks. She's got a nose ring. That's the type they are. The Harmons have been charged with indecent exposure and participation of obscene material. The couple was released on Bond Sunday from the Horry County Jail. Should be the Horny County Jail. Under the name Lucky Lacey, the Harmons posted about 140 explicit videos to Pornhub. Well, at least it's not OnlyFans, where their page had more than 11,000 subscribers and 2.7 million views before it recently disappeared. Dear God, people, you need, you need to get a life if you are subscribing to Lucky Lacey and watching these two morons have sex. God, there's got to be something better to do. Anything. You run out of Netflix? Hmm. A cached version of the Pornhub page notes that we are a married couple and have been together for 18 years. We absolutely love sex. Yeah, honey, we know that. And love getting risky in public. And we know that too. The Duel's OnlyFans account. <laughs> okay, I got that one completely wrong. I'll go ahead and confess. These idiots, these, these, um, these exhibitionists are everywhere, folks. You can't go to any website without seeing these two doing each other. Subscriptions, which cost five bucks per month, appears to still be online. That is five bucks too many looking at them. And apparently these two clowns are not the only two having sex in a skywheel. In 2016, a couple was arrested for having sex inside a glass-walled cabin on the 550-foot observation wheel on the Las Vegas Strip, while the duo engaged in a series of sex acts. So they were, they were trying all sorts of things. The occupants of an adjacent cabin recorded the action with their phones. <laughs> oh my, they probably work for ADT. Anyway, that's... Can't top that. So we are, we're done. We're out of here. Uh, that is the last of the shows. I am Miller Frost. Hey, thank you so much for stopping by the Miller Frost Show. Here as always with White Boy Malcolm X. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Hang in there. It is hump day and you are almost to, to Friday, TGIF. And we are going to be back, I assume, on Sunday. Yes, of course we are. And so we hope to see you back here then. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great start to your weekend. And we will see you soon. Take care. We'll